Welcome everyone to the social van Feeling Kyle sick of the bullshit So here they are, represent plus Ready to turn every podcast to dust So sit down and shut the fuck up Cause when in doubt, fuck your couch Welcome everybody to the social van Well, 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 oh, you thought you were the hero of this story, eh, Strifey, my boy? Oh, oh, I'm afraid you are nothing more than a pawn, and unfortunately for you, I suck at you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is KMB, the Sexy Ninja, in the place to be. As always, we have a special guest. I am floored that we even got him here i am excited and i just can't wait we just got to get right into it introduce yourself good sir hey everybody it's david howard thornton uh, art the clown from the movie terrifier and the upcoming terrifier too yes i am very excited to have you here and also not just art the clown i have to ask you about this you are also the joker yes indeed i have played the joker on a uh a fan series that we made called nightwing escalation i'm in the third season of that how did that come about because i was going through your history and i saw that and i'm a big comic book guy so seeing that you played the joker was even much more mind-blowing well i i actually got cast as joker and art on the same week so that was a very good week for me with clowns (laughs) i just um i got the role through a friend because i was taking a voiceover class at the time and my friend had auditioned for the show uh, and he's like you know you would be perfect for the joker on this you need to contact the director for it and so i did and i submitted a little audio like video clip of me doing uh the the one bad day monologue from the killing joke and he's like please come in and audition and the rest is history i checked out the series it's really really good it's it's fun it's fantastic and your portrayal of the joker was really intriguing like what did you pull from who did you pull from i pulled a lot from Mark Hamill, I would say, because I figure if if you're going to go for the best, you might as well pull from the best. So So that's what I did. I I put a little bit of other, a little bit of Cesar Romero in there as well, and a little bit of, um, I would say, a little bit of Heath Ledger and a little bit of Jack Nicholson. No Jared Leto, though. (laughs) Yes, no Jared Leto. No offense to the man, but no offense. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Also... Did you take that, what you did with the Joker, did you kind of apply that to Art the Clown? Yes, yes. I definitely put a little bit of Joker in Art. I mean, you, you can't help but not. It's, you know, They're both killer clowns, and they have a similar facial structure in some ways, too. So, And they both have that like malicious glee where they just love you know causing chaos and anarchy and killing people so yeah of course i put a little bit of mr j in art terrifier 2 is on the horizon and you guys surpassed your budget on indiegogo how did you feel when you guys 
went beyond the mark that you were do- going for on Indiegogo? Man, that really, you know, really surprised us. We did not expect to do that so quickly. I, I remember before we even decided on the amount that we were going to ask for, I, I had suggested $100,000. You know, I thought I was lowballing it. And Damien's like, oh, there's probably no way we could even make that. Let's make it $50,000. And I'm like, oh, okay. And we made that 50000 in less than three hours. That was amazing upon itself because Terrifier just came out of nowhere because it came on Netflix and Art the Clown has a little bit of history though. Uh, when you took over the role, uh, were you looking at Mike Giannale's work? Yes, yes. I, I had seen All Hallows Eve even before I auditioned for Terrifier, so I was familiar with Mike's work and you know, when you play a character that someone else has already played before, you want to keep, you know, certain things, you know, the same. Uh, you know, the art has a specific way about him. So, of course, I you know, I took a lot from what Mike had already done. He set a, you know, a solid foundation for me, I, I would say. And I just kind of built upon that. And I brought a lot of my uh, expertise in doing a lot of physical comedy into the role as well. So, you know, it was, it's you, you learn from the best and, you know, um, apply your own spin on things and that's what i did with terrifier 2 do you feel like now that the budget's even bigger you guys are just gonna go balls to the wall just bloodier than ever art's gonna go even more sadistic (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) i wish i could say what we've done but oh boy you guys are in for a treat we've there's this one scene in particular, which I, I was the main reason we did the Indiegogo campaign because we knew this scene was going to be very costly for us. And whoo, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more blood, a lot more violence. I we we've brought in stunt actors and stuff like that into this one, and, and <laughs> art's a lot more physical this time as well. So expect some fun fight scenes. With Damien and going into this movie, how how do you feel the production set, you know, on set is different from the first Terrifier? Well, we've had a bigger budget this time, so that's helped us a lot that way. We also have a a slightly bigger crew this time as well. We have an amazing uh, team, especially that has helped us with production and uh, set design. And it's it's they've really upped their game. I, I saw these these women in one night turn this bare room into a full-blown, you know, uh, teenage girl bedroom, which it looked like something I wanted to live in. <laughs> it was it was amazing. And it's like that we, we've had a lot more, um, well, opportunities to flesh out the world around art. So we're going to a lot more locations instead of just being stuck in a warehouse building or a pizza parlor. So it's it, it's really cool. We, we have some fun locations that we're utilizing in this so it's it's I, I i wish i could say more <laughs> i was looking at uh the future for you you have another movie on the horizon called stream uh, can, what is that about well i can't really say much about that one yet because uh we want to keep a lot of things under wraps because we don't want anybody stealing the ideas but it's basically a, it's a um it's a fun concept it's it, we're hoping it's going to be a, a new trilogy that uh, these guys have got in mind. It's actually um, the Fuzz on the Lens guys, uh, Mike Levy, Jason Levy, and Steve DeSala that have worked on Terrifier and Terrifier 2. um, Steve and Jason were our two cops, and Mike was the exterminator that I decapitated in the first one, and they're helping us a lot on, you know, production on the second one because they have their own film company. And so they've decided to make their own trilogy, and so that's what we're doing. And they're recruiting a lot of uh, names in the horror world as well to be in this, so it's going to be a nice hodgepodge of a lot of us 
So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I, I got that one coming up, and I also have another one coming up. That I'm gonna, I think, believe I'm going to start filming it next year. It's called Spirit Reckoning, where I'm actually not going to be playing the bad guy this time. I'm going to be playing uh, the anti-hero. And it's a horror western where this guy comes back from the dead after he and his uh, family are murdered by these outlaws and he's got his face burned off so he's basically a skull he's known as like the skull cowboy so he's coming back for revenge and it's very violent over the top just you know revenge epic it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, what uh drove you to be an actor and what was the films that inspired you to be like hey this is what i want to do for the rest of my life oh wow well i i basically grew up acting i i was involved in doing church theater and then i um my mom wanted me to get out of my shell when i was in middle school because i was very shy because i was bullied a lot because i was you know your stereotypical uh easy target i was a short little nerd with glasses braces a high-pitched voice because i I was late to the game with puberty, I guess you could say a late bloomer. So <laughs> easy target in middle school. And we did a production of Mickey's Christmas Carol that year. And I played Mickey Mouse in that. My mom encouraged me to audition for it and I got it. And we had some mishaps go on stage, like where the set fell down. And <laughs> and I, I didn't stop going with the scene. I just started making stuff up and cracking jokes and everything end character and I had the audience just laughing their butts off and for the first time at that school I had people laughing with me instead of at me and I liked that feeling of bringing that kind of joy to people and I was like I, I, I kind of want to do this more so I started doing community theater and then later on um, went into acting full time after I decided to give up a teaching career so I, I haven't looked back since it's, it's something I've really enjoyed doing now, as um, what really inspired me to go into this kind of profession, I would say it was the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit when that came out. I was obsessed with that movie. And back in the day, they had a um, television special where they showed how the movie was made. And that was the first time I'd ever seen how movies were made. And that movie especially, you know, because they use so much animation, they went through a lot of other um, aspects about filmmaking, not just, you know, live action, but also animation. And that's when I learned about Mel Blanc did all the voices for the um, Looney Tune characters. And I was like, oh, wow, this one guy does all these voices. I want to do something like that because I had already discovered I had a knack for imitation as a, as a kid. And so I started building up that repertory, uh, repertoire, I would say, there. And, yeah, it was just it, I something just clicked with me with that movie. It's like, I want to do this one day. This seems like it's a lot of fun to do. And you know, years later, that's what I'm starting to do now. So... <laughs> You just never know. Going into that, you know, what inspired you with everything going on right now with COVID-19? Uh, I know it probably affected you really hard, especially with going to conventions and stuff. How are you handling all this and doing stuff on your time? Well, yes, it's definitely impacted uh, both the, the con industry and the film industry right now. Everything's you know, had to stop all my conventions that I was supposed to do earlier this spring have all been postponed till this fall. So hopefully we can do them then. But, you know, you know, we're, we're just taking it one day at a time as best we can. Uh, we're, we're hoping to get back to filming sometime soon is I, I believe uh, the governor here in New York is about to start opening some areas upstate. So maybe we can get back to filming upstate where we were filming, you know, as long as we're all being safe and everything like that. Who knows? But um, no, in the meantime, I've just been here doing um, whatever, you know, doing some... <laughs> 
<laughs> trying to keep myself occupied, playing a lot of video games, watching a lot of movies for inspiration. Been also doing the occasional, um, you know, a lot of podcasts and stuff like that, which I enjoy doing. It's a great way to keep in touch with people and reach out to the world around me. And uh, yeah, um, been also doing some cameo videos as well, since I can't do signings at um, conventions right now. I've been doing a lot of cameo videos for like birthdays and Mother's Day and stuff like that. So I'm finding ways to get by. <laughs> Please tell me you're doing cameo videos as Art the Clown. Well, I don't have my full makeup here, but I do have my trick-or-treat studio mask, so I like to put that on. <laughs> that would be the best cameo ever, and I'll definitely make sure that we have your plugs for cameo and any other plugs that you would like in the description below. So you playing the Joker, and also you are in Gotham. Are you yeah. a big comic book guy? Oh, yes, very much so. <laughs> I, I, I love, you know, it's like... I, I read a lot of Batman, especially as a kid. I haven't really read a lot of comics in the past few years because I just don't have room for comic books anymore. <laughs> in like my my tiny little New York apartment, even though I can, I do sometimes do the e-reader stuff though, but it's not the same to me. I, I still like a physical you know book in my hand when it comes to comic books and stuff like that. But it's it's something I've always loved. It's just, it's great escapism. It's basically modern day mythology when you think about it. So it's 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 just fun. I'm a big comic book guy as well i collect and my little small apartment here in arizona can barely hold on my comic book so <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah they they like to accumulate <laughs> uh you also done a show called the bravest night yes yes it was uh um i did a few episodes of that it's a, a show for kids on hulu i I, I do a lot of weird voices, especially for animals and stuff like that. I, I guess you could say I'm kind of like Frank Welker in a lot of ways, but not not nearly as good as Frank Welker. <laughs> he's like the master of the craft, but he's known for doing so many critter voices, and that's what I, it's like a weird skill I have. So I, I did some voices on Bravest Night where I was a, a chipmunk in one episode, a bunch of goats in another episode, and a, a flame-spewing newt in another episode. So that was fun, but yeah. I, I enjoy doing it. It's 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 fun work. It's easy work too because I just go in there and just go, and they're like, here, here's some money. <laughs> that is awesome. Are you looking to do more animation as well? Because you know, I hearing your voice when you did the Joker and stuff like that, and you, hearing when you talk, I know you can definitely have that uh, range of doing more animation. Uh, is that something else do you you want to pursue? Oh, most definitely, most definitely. I, I still audition for things all the time. I, I've just I had a bunch of auditions this week that. I I had to submit online for uh, some voiceover projects that I can't talk about because of NDAs and stuff like that. But I love it. I absolutely love doing uh, voiceover work. It's That's really one of my big passions. I, I do over 200 voices in about 25 different dialects. So I'm like, I there's not as much work out here in New York as there is out in L.A. So I'm hoping to move to L.A. soon just so I can pursue it more. Hearing you saying you have to submit these things online, do you feel like after everything kind of calms down, do you feel like we're going to go back to the same thing or you think things are just going to be different from here on out for actors, workers, etc.? That's a good question. I really don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it will go back to how things were before, but yeah, you know, it's... This is like a new period in our, our our history as human beings, especially, you know, like in this age of technology. I, I think a good example of that is what we're seeing with uh, how movies are uh, distributed now. We, we, you know, since people can't go to theaters right now, people are releasing movies straight to streaming, like the Troll movie, which made over $100 million, and it's... You know, it's, it's got the big movie chains really worried right now. And I, I'm, you know, I, I think there's 
there's benefits to both, but you know, there's I, I think there's certain types of movies you want to see on a big screen with a big group of people. I think horror movies, especially, that's how you need to see them because you know it's that that group experience. You don't get that group experience when you're just you know streaming on your TV at home off your PlayStation. What do you miss? You know, because I know a lot of people are missing things, doing certain things, even though it's all stay at home. Is there what's the one thing you miss right now and you can't wait to do? <laughs> Or for one, I miss my girlfriend. <laughs> She's stuck down in Florida, so it's just like, oh, man. Because <laughs> she went down there earlier this year because her father had some health problems, so she went down there to help take care of him. Then she got stuck down there during the whole pandemic. So I, I miss that, and I, I just miss doing conventions as well. I just, you know, hanging out with everybody out in the world and, you know, having fun, partying, you know, doing, uh, doing my little karaoke <laughs> adventures and stuff like that. So miss that. I miss filming as well. It's just like our our cast and crew, you know, have gotten so close and everything on Terrifier. So you know, those are those things. Just that that human contact is what I miss a lot. With Terrifier too, you know, like you said, they had to stop production. So are we looking more or less next year, end of next year, or midsummer? Oh well, we were almost finished filming Terrifier when all this happened anyway. So um, Damien, while we've been under quarantine, has been very, very busy editing the whole entire movie, like all doing all the sound effects, you know, uh, music, all that kind of stuff. So he's trying his best just to keep us on track anyway. So whenever we can't get back to filming, we can just film that stuff, edit it and plug it right back into where it needs to go and hopefully keep it on on track I, you know I, we originally wanted to release this fall so I don't know how feasible that is right now because you know trying to get distribution and all that kind of stuff in the next few months is you know, that takes a few months to do anyway but um, I, I'm hoping that you know if we do release you know it will be this fall but if not hopefully early next year but you know that's all out of my hands I don't even know all the, the aspects of all that yet also with uh, Damien he, he seems very busy, very passionate interviews I've heard. How was your relationship with him? Ah, uh, Damien's like my brother from another mother. <laughs> we, we've, you know, since he does my makeup, especially, we, we've, in the first film alone, we bonded so much in the makeup chair. We're so much alike. We, we enjoy the same thing. So we, we geek out together all the time. So it's, it's, I, I love working with the guy. He's such, you know, people, you know, see the, the work he does, these crazy off the wall, violent, morbid films. And they think he's probably some crazy demented guy, but he is like the most chill, cool, you know, even killed guy you'll, you can meet out there. It's like, he's, I, I'm so used to working with directors. Like when things go wrong, they you know explode into a rage on set or something like that or you know, and Damien's just the total opposite he's just so chill laid back everybody else is exploding around him he's like yeah it is what it is <laughs> so he's so easy to work with and he's like one of those directors that you know he's willing to take suggestions and work with you and experiment with things so you know sometimes he knows exactly what he wants me to do in a scene down to the facial expression like the smile what type of smile he wants on my face other times he's like let's just play around with things and see what we come up with and you know we'll We'll see, you know, we'll film different options and, you know, we'll, we can see what works best. So it's a great, it's, it's a great, you know, type of um, relationship to have with the director. I, I think it, it, it really inspires a lot of creativity that way with, with the, all of us on set. So it's, he's great. I love Damien. 
<laughs> in the first Terrifier, is there a fun story where something went wrong and you were there and you're just like, well, oh, yeah, yeah. I would say probably something that kind of like that happened. The first one was uh, with the Buffalo Bill scene where, uh, you know, <laughs> it, most people don't realize, but I'm not just wearing boobs. I'm also wearing uh, my victim's uh, nether regions. <laughs> So um, that morning, Damien calls me up and is like, Dave, do you have a cock sock? And I'm like, a what? He's like, something to, you know, hide your stuff on set. I'm like, oh, oh, no, I don't really have something like that just lying around my apartment, you know? <laughs> I was like, well, just bring a sock with you. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I didn't think about it. And so I, I come out and I, I've got everything glued down and stuff like that with the the prosthetic they gave me and and, and he i just hear him just go he just goes oh no and just starts laughing and i'm like what 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 he's like dude you, you shouldn't have brought a white tube sock <laughs> you should have brought a black one because like you know this, he just sees this big thing of white <laughs> hiding behind this prosthetic so he's like oh god that's going to be picked up on camera <laughs> so that's actually the one part of the film you see some CG because they had to uh, like digitally remove some of the <laughs> the sock that you could see. Oh, that is great. And that's why, you know, with this industry, the memories you have and the stories going forward. And with Terrifier 2, are you guys looking to be on the much bigger distribution field? Like you, because the first one, you guys got Netflix that picked it up. And with this one, do you feel like, okay, Blu-ray releases a little bit more because now you have money for marketing like, what is your goals with this movie to reach across the world? Personally, I would love to see it released in theaters. You know, at least a limited release in theaters, kind of like what they did with, like, uh, I think, like, uh, Call to Chucky and Jeepers Creepers 3 and stuff like that. If we could do that, that would be great. But I'm, like, the first one we originally released on, like, streaming, like, Amazon Prime and Vudu and also did a, a Blu-ray release as well. And then Netflix picked us up later but I'm like and like i think netflix would definitely be a viable option again yeah i would love to see that happen but you know we'll we'll see what happens it's you know it's like with the the, the digital market as it is now it's definitely you know, a feasible market to be in so we'll see before we get out of here i want to definitely have you a plug what do you like and i'll definitely make sure those plugs are in the description below the floor is yours good sir you can uh find me on facebook and instagram under david howard thornton and also you can find me on Cameo if you want me to uh, do a little video for you on there. I only charge, you know, what I charge for an autograph at a convention, just $30 for it. And, you know, if you want me to do a happy birthday for someone or, you know, anything, you know, just find me on there under David H. Thornton, I believe. And that's it. Thank you for your time. And I can't wait until the world sees Terrifier 2 and see your guys' vision just come to life. We appreciate this. Thank you again. Thank you very much for having me as well. And I, I can't wait for all you guys to see what we've got cooked up for art in part two. I, I think we're going to blow the first film out of water and you guys are going to love what we've done. Before we go, there's something we have all our guests do. At the end of our okay. shows, we say, when in doubt, fuck your couch. So when I set it up with the win in doubt, we will say, fuck your couch. Fuck your couch? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is our signature line here. So all right, That's ladies fun. and gentlemen, I, <laughs> I am KMV the Sex Ninja. Thank you so much. And when in doubt, fuck your fuck couch. Fuck your couch. <laughs>